Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Mm. Yay, I am so happy today to, which is amazing because I've already been through the, a wave of emotions today. I've been in like anxiety and I've cried and I've smiled and I've showered and like I've been through it all. And right now I just feel so settled and peaceful with this guest and this podcast we're about to record. And um, yeah, I'm just so happy to have you here, Katie. So I will let today's guest introduce herself um, in whatever way it feels right for this podcast. But um, this is just a part of the entire month of January. I'm sharing stories, you know, having podcast episodes with people. Because um, most of my podcast is or with experts, like, give us some tips on healing after abortion. And some of them share their um, personal story, but most actually don't. And so I, I don't know. January 2022 is starting with storytelling. I don't know if it's going to keep going. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but thank you for being here to share your story and um, go ahead and introduce yourself to, to this audience. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Katie Kozlowski. Um, I love your explanation and your introduction because I am the type of person, um, I happen to be an expert in right? uh, in trauma, you know, in trauma and healing and embodiment and energy and the feminine, like that's what I do. It's what I am. It's, but, but it's also like, it's what I live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what I live for. Uh, I'm going to break into song now, like Ursula the Sea Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and so like listening to you say that, there's so much about me that is about, about healing and recovery and transformation um, and stories. Like yeah. I love stories. I tell stories all the time. I use stories with my clients and something that I'll say just kind of off the bat that, that someone said to me and her name might come up again later. There's a particular woman that's a mentor of mine. And, you know, I basically said to her at one point, I was like, but what's up with all the stories? Like, I know I'm this powerful healer and teacher and I have like, you know, all this wisdom and medicine to share the world, but like, what's up with all the stories I have? Like, why do I always tell stories? And she said, well, there's something to be said for when you share a story, there are little fragments of your aura that kind of like, like just kind of like, like splinter out, um, like spread out like glitter. So What it's doing is it's actually transferring the wisdom, the love, the energy by, by virtue of telling the story through the aura itself. So, um, I guess you could say I'm an Oracle (laughs) and I'm just happy to, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited. I'm one of those weird people. That's like, I love having, I have a story that matches every trauma. It's like Mm. something bad happened to you. I have a story that goes with that of an experience I lived, um, And I love this like weird thing about me that my soul loves to live experiences so that I can tell the story, you know? And then I'm like, I'm so weird. I keep doing these things and living them. Why do I do that? Am I nuts? And I'm like, no, it's because, because by living it, then I have the wisdom 
to tell the story. And then I tell the story yeah. and then that allows you to, to transform your life. Um, yeah. it's a totally I am different a musical character. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, yeah. I'm positive that this is going to feel like glitter for some of our guests. So yeah, I hope, um, yeah. Where do you want to start in telling your story today? Right. Oh, Every time goodness. you tell it, it's going to come out I mean, in a different way. So what, yeah, I, know, I mean, it like we don't to be told today. Yeah. I mean, well, do we have a mini series know, right? should be told in like a saga, like Les Miserables with music mm-hmm. and props. And, um, we don't have time for that today. So basically, um, the, the cliff notes version is that I am a woman, um, who really struggled a lot in life, um, self-worth, self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through all the things, right? Like self, self, self-abuse, right? Um, but sexual abuse, I grew up around alcoholism. Like I, I had all of it. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really hard for me to kind of find my way. And so I had a string of abusive relationships. I really couldn't find a partner. Um, I did all the spiritual work and I took 12 years off essentially speaking, like I took 12 years off from like, like sex, dating, all the things. And I worked on myself literally for like, I was like virgin. I became a virgin again. Yeah, I guess you could say. And there was a piece of me that was like, you know, gee, I kind of like, it's not like, not like I gave up, but I just kind of like surrendered the, the need to be or have all of the boxes checked, right? Like married, picket fence. I live in Connecticut. So like a BMW SUV, um, a a border collie, you know, like all these things, a husband, a baby. I kind of let it all go. And then in the middle of COVID, I had just gone to, I went on a trip to Hawaii by myself and I, and I had this amazing trip. I came back, um, and I literally was like, hmm, I feel like I should start dating again. And then of course COVID hit and I'm like, well, now I'm like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna find a partner now? Like eh, the world's falling apart. And long story short, a friend introduced me to somebody. We connected instantly. And I really like, I fell, I very, I felt very much in love with, with, with him. And um, and and even though he's got a lot of challenges, right? Like he uh, he's been divorced. He has an 18-year-old daughter. He has an eight-year-old son um, with with a, a relationship he had in between. And, um, you know, there's a lot of challenges in this, but I just, I really, there's so much about him that I love. And I think that, that, that he's a, he's a good fit for me in so many, so many ways, but he started talking about you know, like marriage and babies and asking me questions, right? Like, do you want to, do you want to have a baby? And you would, you know, you would be a great mom and all this stuff. And I'm like, nope, 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 nobody, nobody, nope, nope, nope. Right. And, um, famous and that was nobody, nope, 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 nope. I mean, I was very firm. Um, but then like, as time went on, you know, things started to change. And so that's sort of the beginning mm-hmm. of the story is I started to get, um, kind of like, confused. Mm. Do I want this? Do I not want this? Should I have this? Shouldn't I have this? Mm. What's the right choice? What's going to make him happy? What's going to make me happy? Mm. Not to mention the fact that I started to be on social media and I saw everybody having babies during COVID. Yeah. (laughs) I saw it everywhere. Mm. So that's the kind of precursor to, to what ended up happening. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into sort of like the how, but um, 
I was on birth control, obviously. Um, but there was this like, this just like strange tug, this fear of like, I don't know, like just like, like ambiguity all of a sudden, do I, do I want this? Do I not want this? Um, and then this really weird thing happened. I went away, we happened to go away on vacation. We were away. When I was away, my brother announced that his girlfriend was pregnant. And I saw like the joy of my parents, like how excited they were. I saw how happy they were. I saw her, like I was already having pregnancy symptoms, but I wasn't pregnant, but I could like mm -hmm. feel it. And I was like, was my body feels pregnant, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I'm on birth control. And, you know, like my boyfriend and I are just, you know, we're not talking about this stuff. And then literally one week later, I made the decision, I'm going to go off birth control. Like just, I'm going to go off it. But like, like just then, like I hadn't done anything yet. I told my boyfriend that night and like, I shit you not, I got pregnant that night. Mm. Like that night. Yeah. I made the decision. I'm going off birth control and I'm going to tell him that I'm going to go off birth control. And that night, like that is just like, and it was a week after mm -hmm. I found out that she was, it was a week after being with her. Mm -hmm. So like, imagine I'm like, wait, what? This doesn't like, what doesn't make sense? Like, this is impossible. I didn't even think it was true. I'm like, there's no way, right? It's not possible. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. It could never be like, this would be like an immaculate conception type thing. This is so far out of the realm of possibility yeah. that it's insane. So I didn't even take tests or anything. I just was like, hmm, I feel weird. And then finally I decided one day, like I went to the store, I went to buy a test and I looked at the shelf and I was like, you know, this is like $17. This is too expensive. Like, why am I going to spend $17 just to like validate my fear or like, you know, prove that I'm not like that, that I'm crazy because I know I'm making this up. This can't be possible. And then I went home and then later that night, um, I don't know what it was. There was like something like I was feeling, I was feeling sick. I was feeling, and I was like, I was sick. Like I had really bad morning sickness. Like I was sick and I was only like four weeks, four weeks, I think. So then I went back, I went to Walmart. I bought a test there because it was like $3 and I'm like, fine, whatever. And of course, when I went to get it, there was a lady there. She was like super pregnant. I saw her, I'm like, oh my God, like this is like, I just started like the, the heart palpitations. I took the test and like in an instant, like it didn't even take, you know, they say like, wait yeah. 30 seconds or whatever yeah. you wait. Like I didn't have to wait. It was like, bah! like, so I'm like, this is not true. Like I did the test wrong. Like I always do everything wrong. Like I don't read the instructions. So I ran out to CVS and I bought two more. <laughs> totally. This is like my Came home. Yeah. And then I took those and they were both like, bah, bah, you know, and I'm like, oh my God. So I called a friend um, and I talked to her about it and I told her and I was like, 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 I don't even know, like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I, I, like, I don't know how to feel. What do I do? I, do I tell him like what, like, and so all these things go through my mind, right? Like, do I tell him or do I just like do something about it? I Googled that night and I found an on, I mean, like that night I, I, I Googled, I found a website amazing, amazing resource called this, the name is horrible, but it sounds horrible, but very incredible service called abortion on demand. I found it. I made an appointment. Yeah. It's a great service. Oh my God. It's incredible. Yeah. So yeah. I did that. Right. And then of course I had to have a conversation with my boyfriend, which we can talk about, um, as well, but 
I mean, that's sort of like the journey of all of us. It's like, I, 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 I don't even have words to explain the like random, miraculous, weird, bizarre experience of it. Like what? Yeah. Do you How? remember any of the shift in your head? Like when you finish the story, it makes it seem like you were very clear about what to do. I was very clear. I mean, this is the thing, right? It was, I was very clear that it was the right choice because I knew that like, like for me, I understood that this wasn't, and I had, I, I did, I didn't talk to a lot of people. I talked to like, maybe like two or three friends. Right. Yeah. And it was interesting because a couple of my friends were like, you, you shouldn't make this decision so quickly because this could be your last chance. Oh yeah love that right like this could be it like if you choose this yeah. this means you're choosing to not have children and you yeah. will regret this for the rest wow. of your life like this is the sort of conversations yeah. people were having with me and I was like see I don't feel that way like I don't mm. feel like it's my last chance and this is my mm. only chance I feel like like this is the right choice for me to make in this moment because of so many different circumstances and the thing is my boyfriend who I was very scared of telling him because one, I was afraid he would be angry, right? And mm. be like, how was how did this happen? And um, you know, I, I didn't know how he'd react. So I was terrified, like really, 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 really scared. Mm. Um and I was also scared that he was gonna be like, no, we have to keep this baby because we keep, you know, we don't do this. Cause he is from a very Catholic family mm. where they do not do this. And yeah. so I was like, oh my God, like, whoa. And then, you know, basically he and I made the decision together that night. Like, no, this is not the right time. If we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this where we have, um, you know, a home and we have a very solid relationship and we know like that this is the right thing for both of us because it would be silly for us to do this out of fear. Yeah. Okay. I asked that question and I, I couldn't quite figure out why I was asking it. And then as you started answering, I'm always like processing, what's my audience thinking? What are they asking? What are they wondering? And I think a lot of people have this moment of clarity and they follow the moment of clarity. And then they have another moment of clarity, but it doesn't match the first one. And then they get confused. And so I think what I was thinking about is the moment you knew going off birth control was the right choice. And then not that much longer, you knew that choosing abortion was the right choice. To me, this is like, yeah, that's just how being human works. Like, it's just nothing's gone wrong. We just keep following where we are, right? Being in the moment that we're in and following those footsteps. But not everyone has as much acceptance around that. Like, wait, but you just said you might want a baby and now you don't. So like, what right, is like that? how do you change your mind and like, yeah. Yeah, like how yeah. do you look? And this is your work, right? This is what you do. How do you yeah. that love for yourself? Oh, to, to yeah. Have, right, to have that clarity and follow it and be like, no, it really doesn't matter what the fuck uh, I said a week yeah. ago. Now I'm saying something different and that's right. Totally I changed okay my mind. And I am worthy of love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's true. I mean, on the, I always talk about 
experiences like there's like the surface then there's like the next layer the next layer yeah. and then there's like a tail like a comet right there's like a tail like a like a like a very very deep there's like something that comes later that swings around and goes right there's yeah. like there's like a hook there's like something attached to it and i mean there's so many things that happened in this that that i that that we didn't even have time to talk about but the whole time this was happening i had to go to a retreat and teach mm-hmm. So I had to teach workshops while I was sick, knowing that I was going back to make this choice. Like there was so much going on and like, I didn't tell the women. And then there were women that criticized me because they didn't like the way I taught and they were like, you know, ripping me apart. So then I had to tell the owners about it and basically be like, listen, you guys don't even know what I was going through, but if you really want to know, this is the deal, right? This is what was happening inside me. Your women were judging me for, for eating a snack because you guys don't know, but I was, I had morning sickness. I was very sick. I just found Mm -hmm. out I was pregnant two days prior. I chose to show up to your workshop. And after all of that, right. I just didn't want to throw up on the floor. Okay. So that's why I ate the snack. I'm not a bad person, not a bad teacher. Yeah. I'm not uncaring. This is the truth. And I think that that's the point. The reason why I'm telling this piece of the story is because like at the end of the day, it's like, that's the truth. And I think the truth of it was that if I really look at it and I'm like, I'm going off birth control, right? It had to do with my right to choose, right? It had to do with my yeah, right to choose. This I choose whether I'm on birth control or not, right? Yeah. And I felt like in some ways I had gone on birth control because I was trying to avoid this terrible thing that might happen to me someday, right? God forbid I get pregnant. So I... I have to go on birth control. It wasn't my choice. I didn't choose to be on birth control. I was forced to be on birth control because I did not want to ever have to go through what I went through. So of course there was this thing of like, I'm going off it and I can take care of myself. And like, I can, I can communicate with my body because I don't need it. Right. I'm such a wise woman that I'm fine. And then like, literally like my body was like, ha ha fooled you. <laughs> I went and did the thing you didn't want me to do, even though you thought you were in control, you know? And I'm like, oh, balls. My body really, 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 really wanted this. Mm. And I would love to tell you that I am strong and smart and in control. And so I can control my body, right? It's very much like, I hate to say it, COVID, so many things out there. We want to be in control. We're not in control, right? Like we're not. And so that was hard for me to accept that I thought I was in control and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And when I understood that, I understood, okay, so what I was trying to do was, was create control, right? So I went on it to control myself. Mm-hmm. Then I got angry because I didn't like being controlled. So I went off of it. Then the bad thing happened. You know, then I had to deal with the repercussions of what that all looked like. Like long story short, I am back on birth control, right? But the mm-hmm. difference is I feel differently now because now when I look at it, you know, I have, I have um, something called Anavera. I have a ring, like it, you know, it's like this, this, it's funny, it's a ring. Now, when I look at it, I'm like, thank you so much for helping me protect and love myself, birth control. Mm. I love you. Thank you. You are a blessing. Instead of like, you make me sick and you make me not feel good and you make me gain weight and you blah, blah, blah. And you're, I'm yeah. only on this because I have to be like, I hated the birth control itself. So it's like, when you look at the psychology of like, why did I change my mind? Because what I really wanted was to choose love. Yeah. And I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. I love that your description of like, 
I think you said comet, but like all I kept imagining was the tail. Like we make mm-hmm. a decision based on what we can see, but we don't realize there's this whole tail behind it here to be with us, here for us yeah. to learn from. And so it's so easy to look back and be like, why couldn't I see the tail? Well, but it's like an irrelevant question. Like you just couldn't. And so I just, I think that's so so like powerful to think about like every time I make a decision I'm also deciding on whatever comes afterwards right even though I can't see what it is and I always say and I just posted about it today on my Instagram the most important thing I learned from my abortion was to to choose to have my own back and commit to having my own back no matter what was on the tail Right. No matter what came after that decision that I couldn't have ever predicted to just have my own back. Like that is what I learned most first and foremost from my abortion. And for you, it was this, this piece of like choosing you, choosing for yourself, choosing Mm -hmm. to love, um, giving yourself the gift of you, right? Like you said before we got on the call, this like ruthless, raw, radical self-acceptance. And I wrote those words down because I love them so much. And for whatever reason, you had to go through this series of choices to have that ruthless, raw, radical self-acceptance. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'll tell you what, it's very, very true. Um, I think because it's like, what I, what I've come to understand is like, we fear the tale, right? Because like, the tail is always like the gnarly stuff, right? You know, you could use like, I like tail, um, but you know, you call it your shadow, you call it your, like your subconscious, your trauma, like whatever your fears, like we all carry this stuff inside ourselves. And my thing is that like, you can live your entire life resisting it and avoiding it and trying to be sure that it never, ever happens. Like for me, one of my biggest fear, I mean, it was probably like one of my greatest fears was like, I, what if I ever got pregnant? Yeah. And I had to have an abortion. Like it was like buried in the recesses of my being because hello, I'm sure that there was like some time in one of my lives or whatever, where I was Hester Prynne and I was like, oh, hey, I have this baby. And like people threw vegetables at me. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm, and I'm saying that because it is true. Cellular memory, generational healing, like all that stuff is very, very true. And like, like one thing I know that's very, very sort of common is this like, inability to love and accept ourselves because we've been filled with so much shame for who we are, what we've done. And I think that that's like, God forbid I ever did anything that made me ashamed of myself. Like I, as, as my counselor and like, I did get help, right. I, I, I did speak to some, someone to, to, you know, support me. And, um, she's sort of like a spiritual counselor. Right. And she said something, she's like, you know, I'm really proud of you because if you, if this is ha- had happened to you, prior to you doing the work that you've done for yourself, like you would have annihilated yourself. Yeah. You would have ripped yourself to shreds. That tail would have gone banging through your life and and destroyed everything. But because I know now enough to understand that just because something happens that isn't perfect, right? Doesn't mean that I have to go and destroy myself, right? Doesn't mean that I did anything wrong. Doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. Um, you know, like all of the stuff that we tell ourselves that we're so, so, so scared of. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why it's that radical, just like ruthless 
raw self-acceptance because I don't think we can, you know, like, I don't think that there's any other way, like you've got to be willing to, to be with yourself in your grief, in your sadness, in your, in your moments of falling apart, whatever it is. And I think that's why there's a lot of resistance to kind of like opening the can of worms in the first place, because it's not easy to make these decisions, right? It's really scary. It's really hard. And I'm like, I'm very well equipped with tools to love myself and care for myself. Like, cause I've been doing this for so long, not to mention the fact that I recovered through like the sexual trauma and all these like eating disorders, like, you know, all that stuff. So I know how to love myself through pain really mm-hmm. well. I've learned how to train to trained for this. And that's why I do the work I do. Right. Cause I know, I know the sort of steps you can take to love yourself through something yeah. painful. Um, but you know, I just think that it's like, there couldn't have been probably a more challenging, messy, scary, painful, weird, amazing thing to happen because also you know, one thing that I took away from this is like, you know, it is my choice, right? So not just my choice, it was also my my boyfriend's choice. Like we chose this together. This was a partner decision, right? We made this choice together. And I feel very firmly in that we were both in agreement um, that it was the right thing to do. But, you know, like, I think that it was just like the going through the motions of it living it right it still was messy it still hurt and I did that at home thing so I did that like by myself yeah yeah what helped you move through the messy afterward you know I think there was there there was crying right like I did I still mourned right like I couldn't help but mourn even though I knew I made the right decision there was still processing, like there's still physical processing, right? So part of the work that I do has to do with releasing trauma from the cells in your body, right? And so I understood that even though in my head, I knew that it was okay, like I made the right choice and we were in agreement, this was the right thing to do. I still had to kind of let my body understand and catch up with my brain because my body was like, wait, no, we weren't doing this thing and everything was going along fine. We were creating and like, you, you just took that away from me why yeah so I had to kind of like I it, there was still a grief process yeah you know there was still sadness and crying and questioning and um and 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 needing to kind of unwind the after effect and and really grant myself some grace and be like listen you still went through something really really hard and traumatic even though you know you made the right choice you still yeah. have to give yourself the gift of grieving yeah yeah no I feel exactly the same way about my my experience I it wasn't something I anticipated though I mean no I I knew that it was possible that I would feel things like regret or guilt or shame and I knew in my case being a mother there was some sadness but never predicted the level that I was going to have to like process everything (laughs) until I was in it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. 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 And I, you know, like for me personally, 
this was, it wasn't even that long ago, really. I mean, it was, it started in the fall. So it's, it hasn't been that many months, right? Like it really hasn't yeah. been that many um, months. And, and I'll tell you that sort of like a cul the culmination of it was my boyfriend got COVID. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he got COVID in December around my birthday and it created a whole nother like shitstorm of chaos because now it was my birthday. Right. And he and I hadn't had any time together since it had happened because it happened sort of late September. So it had been like, I don't know, two months, two and a half months. We've been trying to catch our breath, trying to get together, trying to spend time to talk about it, process it. We never had a chance. We never had a chance. We never had a chance. This was the big moment. I was looking forward to it. It was going to be my birthday. We were going to be together. And then he got COVID. I couldn't be with him. And that's when the bottom like really fell out. Honestly, mm. like the bottom fell out. I couldn't hold it anymore. Mm. You know, I couldn't, I just, there were just pieces, like there were like pieces of me that just like fell because I felt like so much disappointment, you know, I like, I just like all of a sudden all these emotions came out and, and, um, and I remember really, really like just having a meltdown and then talking to him and being like, you know what, I think that honestly, like 90% of what I'm going through here is that we haven't had a chance to process this together. Mm -hmm. And I really needed us to process this together and we haven't done it. And it's really hard for me to sort of keep it together. Like I can't keep it. I just can't carry this with me anymore. So we need to do it. And then the other thing was, you know, I had kept it from my mother, right? I didn't tell my, I didn't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. yeah. And my mother was angry with my boyfriend because he had gotten COVID and like, you know, like you didn't get your vaccine soon enough. And, you know, just all the arguments that come with it, right? Because it's challenging, right? It's like everybody's everybody wants to control everything and protect everything. Right. And so in her eyes, he had like, you know, put me in danger or whatever. And she was, she was really angry about that. And it was just like kind of ripping me apart. So I just was like, I told him, I said, you know what, I think I need to tell her about it. And he was like, you know what, I think you do because your mother is under the illusion that you're this strong person and like nothing ever happens to you. And like, I think she needs to know that you went through this. So I did, I told her, I just like, you know, she was going on and on about, about him and like how he hadn't gotten his second vaccine fast enough. And like, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, well, let me just tell you about what's been going on in the last two months so that you, you stop kind of ripping him apart and understand that like he and I've been dealing with something. It was very complicated and we weren't really worrying about his vaccine for a little while there. And so I just told her, and you know what? It was like, she just melted, like she just stopped. Mm -hmm. And she didn't criticize me. And like, I could see that she, you know, like was feeling what she was feeling, but she wasn't angry. And she was, well, one thing she was, don't, don't tell your father. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's another story. That's for another podcast. But um, uh, it just, it was like, for me, it was just like, you know what? Like, I can't carry this anymore by myself. Mm. And I think that that was the thing, the last thing I needed to let go of mm. was the need to kind of carry it on my own. Cause I felt like mm. I could carry it on my own. I couldn't, Ugh. Yeah, that's I so couldn't, big. like I needed him to know how, how I was hurting and he was hurting too. And he was doing it in his own way. And I was like, we yeah. just, we got to have it out, man. Like we got to just talk about the way we felt and the way we feel because we made the right decision and we are in agreement with that, but we still, it still affected us. Like it still affects you. It rocks yeah. your world. Yeah. Yeah. We think we can carry stuff. 
I actually just had this experience. I started, I started feeling a lot of doubt in myself and my business. And I just got like in a super funk. And then I realized I was carrying all this other totally personal doubt about parenting and being a mother. And I was just like, I thought I was, I thought I was okay, but I was carrying all that into this other thing and, and just like transferring it. And Mm -hmm. as soon as I realized like, oh, you got to talk about that other stuff that's happening to release it. Like you can't carry that on your own. You got to get it out. You got to work through it. Everything just was like, whoo, <laughs> like, yeah, we, you know, we think we, we're like, no, I got this. I'm good. I'm, I got, I'm working it out on my own, but we never do. We, we, <laughs> no, we, we're never, we're never, we gotta share and say it out loud and have it witnessed. I think that like, that was it for me is like, I just needed to like talk about how much I was struggling and have it witnessed and just let it go. I I thought I could carry it on my own, but I couldn't. No, no, we can't. And the thing is like, that's when that tail, like that's why the tail is, is, is so dangerous because it's like, the more you try and kind of like control the tail, the more the tail wants to come and like destroy you. Right. That's the subconscious. That's sort of like, that's why it's not good for us to like swallow our feelings and stuff things down because it's like a volcano ready to burst and 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 yeah. it will it will it will run in the background and take a lot of your energy yeah. and it will keep you from being able to do what you love and what you want to do and it will haunt you and then it will come out in um like undesirable and unwanted ways and and hurt people <laughs> Yeah. That you love. Like that was my experience. You know, it's like, I always try to like keep things under control or, but I wouldn't talk about what I needed. And I think that that was sort of like with, with him, you know, I just, I felt, I felt like unloved in some way because we hadn't had a chance to talk about it. Do you know what I mean? I felt like I felt abandoned because I was alone in my grief, but the thing is like, he was there all along. And he said to me, he was like, you know, and that's the thing about my boyfriend. He's, he's, he's really quite wise and, and very, he's a very simple thinker in a lot of ways. And I'm like super emotional. He's emotional, but he's not like deep like me. You know, he's like, he's like emotional, like a, like a baby pool, like kind of like splashing around type thing. And I'm like the ocean, like big <laughs> And, um, or he's like a little stream. And I mean that in like the, the sweetest way, not, not in a negative way. Like, and it's just different ways of being right. Both are yeah. great, different. Um, but he was like, listen, listen. And like, all you have to do is say, Hey, I really need to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll talk about it with you. But mm-hmm. if you don't tell me, I don't know. And then I can't help you. Right. Like I can't yeah. support you. I can't love you. If you withhold your pain or your needs from me, I can't give you what you need. And so it's really a lesson. And again, it's like all about giving yourself the love you need because by making a choice that would please somebody else, I think like this is what we were talking about before, before we started recording. It's like, if I had chosen to to do whatever I chose to do in order to say like, please my parents or be like somebody else or make my boyfriend happy or whatever it is, like, I would resent that and question my self-worth for the rest of my life. 
Yeah. I would never feel loved. I would never feel complete. It would haunt me forever because I would know deep down inside that I didn't ask for what I needed. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I didn't give myself a chance to experience love the way I wanted to or needed to, right? So I think that that's sort of a big piece of it is learning and understanding that when we express what we're feeling or like who we are, um, what's happening inside us, it's not selfish and it's not needy. There's this weird label out there that's like, if you ask for love or to talk about something or to share your feelings, you're needy. And it's like, no, it's actually, it's called connection. It's called called love, emotion, vulnerability. You know, it's called being a human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big piece too. I think we think we can be human in these bubbles. Like a lot of people will say to me, no, I am feeling my feelings. I am feeling my feelings. It's not working. And there's such a difference between feeling your feelings even allowing them and processing processing them on your own and doing that with someone else witnessing it like releasing it in connection with someone else so powerful and that and you needed that with him and he was oh yeah just right just needed to like yeah I've been carrying it and doing it and I know what to do but I need to do it with you like I need to I need to. I just want, yeah, you know, like it's it's interesting because, um, like we like we had an argument this weekend about something else, um, more COVID complications because because it's the the plot thickens and now people are in the (laughs) hospital and like oh my gosh like it just gets bigger and weirder, but um, you know, like I just said something to him like you know like I just want to be with you right I want to be with you like I want to be with you emotionally physically, mentally, spiritually, like I want all of that. And, and that is the scary thing. I think that's the scariest thing to admit, right. Is that, that, that I want that intimacy of like my heart and soul being able to be whatever it is and have it be okay. You know, and he's Mm -hmm. actually very good at loving and accepting like all the wackadoodle pieces of me. And I mean that in a loving and endearing way. Yeah, like yeah. I'm quirky and new, unique and I'm emotional and I'm like, you know, I'm a lot of stuff. I'm a lot of different things. And he really does get all of that. And it's a lot of times it's funny. I'll be like, you know, like I just, I just had this realization like literally yesterday where I was like, oh my gosh, my entire life, I have been like being like, well, I have to be this way because so-and-so needs me to be that way, right? Like I I have to do this because so-and-so needs me to, right? Or like in order to be loved and accepted, I have to stop doing this to keep so-and-so happy. Like I literally was walking around believing this. And then yesterday I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did he ever ask you to do that? No. We're in our own little say, right? He didn't say like, I need you to give up your career for me or give up your Saturday yoga classes for me, or I need you to stop being so friendly with people. Like these are things that I believe they asked me to be, to be loved and accepted, right? Like, please don't talk about your feelings. Please don't tell me you're upset. Like, you know, well, I can't tell him that because he doesn't want that. If I do that, he won't love me. And then I realized literally yesterday, like my head exploded and I was like, oh my God, I have been operating under the belief system my entire life 
that I need to be a certain way in order to keep people happy. And then I realized yesterday, nobody ever said I had to do that. Yeah. Nobody people, asked me yeah. to become that. Yeah. People pleasing has been a big theme of the week. I've been talking to a lot of people about it. And like you were do- doing all this pleasing from made up stories in your head. It was just like all this own nonsense that your brain was telling you and you were following along trying to make everybody happy yep like (laughs) oh this is what you do and this is what you do and like I mean that was like the really weird part about it and it's like you say it's made up in your head but I'm also like well it's made up in my head but it's also like woven into the fabric of our being it's in every story yeah like you know it's in like I talk about the scarlet letter and like Mm -hmm. you know like it's just it's lived experience accumulated. It does come from somewhere other than just me. I learned it from a lot of different places. It's the way I grew up. It's my lineage. It's like stories, myths, like everything. But I mean, you're right. It really is. And that's what it comes down to. Like when I made, when I made this, when I made the choice I made, and when I spoke to my, my friend, who's my spiritual counselor guide, um, lady, uh, and, and she was like, you know, I'm really proud of you because like, you know, she does this thing where basically like, you know, she can like, it sounds weird to say, but like, basically like she can like energetically and etherically like check in on me and see how I'm doing and just like, be like, is she okay? Yeah, she's doing okay. Like, good. She's fine. Like, great. I can, I don't need to like do anything. Right. So we have this agreement where like, it's cool for her to visit me and check. Right. Um, she's not just doing it like without my permission. Right. It's very important, obviously. But um, she said something and she was like, you know, she's like, I watched you really go through the movements of all this. And she was like, it's like, like you went and it's like you were playing with paper dolls. Like you were like, dee, 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 this is what people are saying. I'm not buying into it. They're just paper dolls. Yes. They're not real. They're not, they're not, they're not powerful. They're paper dolls. Yeah. And even though so many people are playing with the same paper dolls, doesn't make them real. Like. Oh, yeah, we're, we're hearing all these stories and beliefs from all over the place. And a lot of people agree with them, but it doesn't make it real. We don't have to keep playing. Like, we well, yeah, and she was like, game you're, just, want to play. you're just playing with paper dolls now. Like, it, it's not real to you anymore. You understand yeah. that they're just paper dolls. Yeah. And she was like, and I'm really proud of you. I'm like, I'm proud of me too, because for a really long time, you know, I bought into that and I let that control my choices. And I think that like going back to your question of like, how did I make the choice I made and how did I really feel confident? And it was, was because I knew enough to know even on like a subconscious level that that it's all paper dolls anyway. Yes, exactly. Do you know what I mean? And so that's like the, the line of the podcast. It's all paper dolls. It's all paper dolls, right? It's like, (laughs) Like the people who are like, you'll regret this forever. Or like, that means you can never be a mother. Like all the, they were all paper dolls. And I'm like, none of this is true. None of this is true. Like, and my feeling was like, wow, if I was able to create this and like these really bizarre, like outside of the box, like very unexpected, like miraculous circumstances, I bet if I wanted to do it again, I could, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just like anything else, if you want to create a lot of money, like, you create a lot of money. If you want to do create things, create things. Like I am a woman of, of, of creation. Like I love creation. I create shit all day, every day. So it's like, well, if I created this, like, can I just create something else? Like, why are you telling me that? Like, 
I only have one chance to create what I want. That's bullshit. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me that. Yeah. I was like, no, I reject that belief. I reject that. I'm going to, I reject that. Don't tell me that this is my only chance to create what I want. Yeah. And then if I make a mistake, I'm screwed. I'm like, no, I believe that I'm learning in every single moment and I'm creating and creating and creating and creating and creating. So no. Yeah. No. So what are you creating next? I'm actually creating, you know, I'm very, I'm, I'm very excited because I, I have created, I'm in the process of creating um, a program that, that I've created, that I have put together um, all about what we're talking about, like radical self-acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. This like um, radical self-acceptance, self-worth, um, self-love, and it has nine core fundamental lessons rooted in these teachings. So essentially my feeling is if I can teach you these nine teachings, right? The same nine teachings that I subscribe to and that I've learned to live my life by, you can create anything you want, right? Mm -hmm. And it and it's reliant on fully loving and accepting yourself, right? Fully loving and accepting yourself, meaning like if you have that, there is nothing that can separate you from you and you. So it's um called Woman Unfurling. I'm in the process of continually creating it. I love it very much. Um, and I think that like, I've struggled a lot as a, um, as a woman, um, and also as an entrepreneur, as a, whatever you want to call me, right. A spiritual teacher, an energy master, uh, you know, everybody wants to put, give you a label, right. What, what, what's your title? Um, but I've struggled a lot because it's been very hard for me to figure out like, what is the core message, right? Like, what is my purpose? And I do feel like this experience that we talked about today was one of the ones that really delivered me to this end result, which is like, okay, I've lived, I've seen it all now, right? Like yeah. I've had the sexual abuse. I've had the eating disorders. I had the alcoholic parents. I had the, you know, hurtful relationships. I, we didn't even talk about it today, but I got hit by a taxi. Like I had all of these things happen. And at the end of the day, what I kind of laugh at is like, number one, I have always been me. Mm -hmm. right? I've never actually changed through all of this. I am always me. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about that. I will always be me. And I will always be the person I came here to be. Like I am the same as it was when I was a baby as I've always been. So why bother changing it? Right. Mm. And then at, also at the end of the day, it's like, I spent all this money trying to figure out what to do about who I am because like, it's a problem. Yeah. How to fix myself. And how do I fix myself? So I spent $85,000 trying to learn how to fix myself. And then the big cosmic joke was like, guess what? You're not broken. <laughs> you might be a little bit screwy, my love, but like you are who you are, who you are, who you are. So yeah. you might as well spend your money loving and accepting yourself and enjoying your life and yeah. doing something with the incredible person you are. Like, yeah. why don't you focus on that? Spend less time ripping yourself apart. Spend yeah. less time being hard on yourself and fearing getting rejected and hurt and all of this, trying to do all that avoidance shit. Go live your life. Yeah. That was my Instagram happy. post yesterday. Was this piece of like, we're not here to fix you. you no. Nothing needs to be fixed. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I think I liked it. I think um, I was like, yeah. Also, I think you touched on, I just really believe 
like you said, abortion came through at the end, right before you kind of birthed this project into the world. And I just think abortion is such a unique opportunity for radical self-acceptance because it's not like the taxi driver hit me. My parents were alcoholic. Suddenly we're making this choice that we've made, right? Like we have done this. And so it's, I really do. I really still believe it's such a unique opportunity to learn. No, I, oh, I totally agree with you. And I'll say just on the, on the sort of the heels of that, something really fascinating because the other, other thing I did was I called my astrologer right away. Cause I was like, what the bleep is going on here, dude? Like yeah. I need some help. Um, Stephanie, like what is happening? Because I'll tell you what, the day I found out I was pregnant was the 12 year anniversary to the day that I got hit by the car. And she was like, oh, my love. She's like, it's a 12 year cycle. Um, The same thing happened to you. You just got hit by something. And, you know, anything that you didn't get the first time, you're going to get now, right? It's your turn. But this time, it's almost like you hit yourself with the car. Oh yeah. I mean, the last time I was so fascinating about it. Yeah. I mean, I walked in front of the car, like I I stepped in front of the car. So like I did get, I did hit myself with it. Cause I was like, all right, I'm going to just hit myself with this car. So I kind of asked for it, but that's the key, right? I asked for it both times, right? Both times I was like, yeah, I'm cool with this. Bring me this challenge. Like Mm. I'm cool. The difference is the first time I didn't really know what to do with the fact that I had done it, right? I sort of unconsciously did it. My soul was like, I know I need to wake up. So I'm going to create this experience, but I don't really understand why. Yeah. I spent 12 years, I mean, literally 12 years with like hardcore spiritual masters. I mean, I did all the stuff, right? I did all the workshops, all the healing, all the, all the stuff. And I trained in like neuroplasticity, NLP, mindset work, energy work. Like I've been like in the deep muck rooting through all of this, figuring it all out because I love it. Number one, I love it. And number two, like, this is what I'm designed to do. Like I love, love, love breaking patterns. That's my favorite Mm -hmm. thing. It's like, oh, wow. Can we create some, create something good out of this bad thing? Like, let's do that. So I think that that was part of it because it's like 12 years ago, I didn't like, basically like, I didn't know that I had the right to love myself, right. To choose me. I didn't know it. And so this time it happened again, but this time I was conscious. I was awake. I wasn't sleepily like, oh, I just, I give up this time. I was like, I'm super awake. Yes. And I know that I can, I can handle this, right? Like I can live this experience and not die. Mm -hmm. Cause that time I kind of died. Right. I kind of, I tried to kill myself literally. Mm -hmm. Right. I tried to kill myself. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of weird thing. Right. That time I tried to kill myself. This time I created life. Yeah. Oof. I love that you're bringing this up too. Cause I wrote a little note earlier. I think sometimes people beat themselves up in comparison. Well, a lot of times in comparisonitis, right? Like, well, she had an abortion and look how easily she can talk about it. Why can't I do that? And it's too useless question because you were at a different stage of your journey. Like, Oh, you had done so much inner work 
before this particular abortion, it, it, it wouldn't have been the same 12 years ago. If even, uh, if no, great. I mean, oh no, no. And that's like <laughs> yeah. to the point of what my friend said, where she, friend, spiritual advisor, many, many yeah. powerful, powerful lady, um, uh, her name is Brooke, by the way, said, because she was like, if you were not where you are now, this would be an entirely different story. And I think that's kind of why it's fun to look at the fact that it's a 12 year cycle, because listen, 12 years ago, like I was a hot mess. I had no, I was, I was like, I was doing all the bad things. I was drinking. I had no self, like I had no self-esteem. I had no self-worth. Everything I have now, I didn't have then. Right. And so I have the skills now, but this isn't any different than anything that like a really good spiritual teacher would or should say to you, which is basically like you're training for when shit hits the fan. You're training for when crisis happens, right? Because, and this is actually one of the core teachings. One of the nine teachings is like, like problems don't go away. You just get better at navigating them, right? Like you don't become immune to crisis. Okay. Like you don't just become like some amazing guru and like, oh, now my life is miraculous. Nothing bad ever happens to me. Like that's a load of crock of shit. Yeah. It's not cool. It's not good. It's not right. It's not fair. And what you're doing is you're training so that you can handle challenges because the challenges, they actually get like more, they get bigger sometimes. They get harder because you're like moving through really like powerful stuff. If you're going to be a powerful person, you got to be able to deal with powerful decisions. Life is challenging. It's meant to like, you're meant to live. And so my feeling is that, you know, I did all of that. I trained, and this is kind of like, just kind of a fun little treat that kind of the tail, the tail of my story, right? The, 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 the end of the tale, the tale, um, is that, so my, my spiritual teacher, um, I trained with him for many, many years. Like I was devoted to him. Um, man, I don't remember how many years ago now I kind of stopped going to his workshops. I got the message from him that was basically like, listen, you need to like be on your own, learn how to think for yourself. Like you know what to do, go live your life type thing. Right. And it was really, really hard for me. But so, um, just this past weekend, he taught a workshop, right? He taught a, like a special pop-up workshop because he had stopped teaching. I did not go to that workshop because I was like, I, I haven't been to a workshop in a really long time. Like I'm living my workshop and Sunday, the same day as the workshop, I had this big argument thing happen with my boyfriend stuff comes up. Right. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like I'm sitting in the middle of some shit. What do I do with it? How do I create change? How do I create the outcome mm-hmm. I want? And then on Monday into Tuesday, all of a sudden, like it all made sense. And I was able to see the, t- the, the tail, like the, the end of the tail, right? That's what we're all looking for. We're looking for like the, the root of the root of the root of the root cause, right? And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is why I've struggled my whole life. Like this is, this is it. Like this is the diamond, And I'm like, this is amazing. This is insane. Like I never have to struggle loving myself again. Like I get Mm -hmm. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I wasn't even thinking about it. And then I talked to my friend and she was like, well, you know, we we had the workshop. Did you go? And I'm like, no, but I got the workshop. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is what I mean about the fact that like, if you keep showing up for yourself and you invest in yourself, you will always get the reward. You will always find the diamond, like you will get the pearl. And 
a lot of times it comes after the shit storm. Yeah. Yeah. Comes after it. Yeah. So this is our invitation to everyone listening who's had abortions. It's just like, find your gem, right? I learned how to have my own back. Katie learned how to choose herself among many other things that we learned, but like just whatever timing your abortions were at, there's something there for you. Just keep Mm -hmm. looking for Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. And keep, you know, and just the, the kindness, the love, the grace, um, the trust in yourself mm-hmm. that, that no matter what you've got your own back, right. No matter what it's okay to choose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to even like question like, Oh my God, did I make a mistake? Did I not like life is challenging and tumultuous, but if you follow, you know, follow that path, you, you, you find your way, you know, you, you do, you find it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Um, where can people find you? Yeah. Um, the best place to find me is Instagram. My handle is my name. So it's at I am Katie Kozlowski. Yeah. Um, and of course I have a website. It's katiekozlowski.com. Um, sounds exactly, it's spelled exactly like it sounds. K-A-T-I-E-K-O-Z-L-O-W-S-K-I.com. Yeah. Um, and I have lots of free, you know, free treats and goodies, um, workshops, um, things that can, you know, offer you love. And, um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm very, I'm grateful for my experience that I can yeah. share this as part of my Oracle. <laughs> my well, gift. Thank you for sharing. You. Um, and again, I know it landed like glitter for many people. Yes. Yes. Blowing, <laughs> blowing glitter bombs. I always wanted to be one of those people that like, you know, in the pictures that like blow the glitter, yeah. but it, it's different like this, but I kind of prefer it because it's like, it's, it's, it's glitter in different ways. And, yeah. um, truly my honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Until next week. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing rating and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice 